This is Engineering by Design, a short podcast series produced by the Design Lab at NYU Makerspace. This podcast complements a series of fireside chats where we invite professionals working at the intersection of design, engineering, and technology. Our guest today is Jeremy Joachim, who will share with us his journey from being a mechanical engineering student to working as a creative technologist on Gensler's digital experience design team. My name is Jeremy Joachim, and I'm a creative technologist on the digital experience design team at Gensler. Uh, Gensler is an architecture and design firm uh, that in recent years has been putting a lot of work into this uh, experience design practice area. What we do on the digital experience design team is bring together people and place and technology uh, all into the same sort of environment and look at the relationships therein. Um, So trying to improve the way that as people we engage with um, the place around us empowered by technology and in the same vein how places can be more aware and intelligent um, of the people that inhabit it through the use of technology, et cetera. I say that I'm a creative technologist, uh, but I uh, I didn't study creative technology in school necessarily, and I don't know even that that was a, a career path that I knew about uh, when I was going through school. Uh, I went to undergrad at Brown University in, in Rhode Island, where I studied mechanical engineering. I got into mechanical engineering after exploring things like I was pre-med for for a year. Um, I was thinking maybe I I might want to study some music on the side, maybe computer science. But I really got into engineering because uh, I remember on my first day of an intro engineering class that I was shopping, some person from faculty, she had told us, engineering is taking problems that have existed and finding solutions that have never existed before. Um, And I thought, that's so amazing. That's awesome. That's exactly something that I would love to do one day is build solutions that have never existed before to problems that we we know exist out in the world. And and I thought it was just a very directed way of creating a difference. And that brought me into studying engineering for for four years. Um, What I was missing out on a little bit was just hands-on physical making and and building things and project-based learning. Thankfully, I was able to get some of that by taking courses at our school next door, Rhode Island School of Design, um, where I studied and cross-registered in some courses in industrial design, in digital media and interactive media and the like. Um, I learned about uh, design process and inclusive design. And I also picked up skills that were uh, directly relevant uh, and complementary to what I was learning in engineering. Um, so like Arduino and Raspberry Pi. After studying uh, design and engineering at, at the same time, going through uh, into my senior year of school, I think that I was really, really interested in figuring out how to work in a space where um, I could collaboratively work with different types of people, people from different backgrounds uh, and skill sets and just work on on projects. And I was really interested in seeing if I could work, uh, particularly as a designer. And that's what brought me to Tellart, a design firm uh, in Providence, Rhode Island, where I worked for a couple of years as a creative technologist. And uh, there was my first experience uh, learning what a creative technologist even, even was. And it was a lot of learning, I think, along the way. 
there I, I did a lot of prototyping, a lot of hardware, um, really built my software practice. I would say that there are a lot of different aspects of the design process that are really important. And, you know, it, it really depends project to project where your most effort needs to be manifested. You know, I, I think that if you're working with a new experimental technology, then you probably want to put more effort into prototyping during your discovery phase. Uh, and if you are working with a user group um, or for a set of users and none of the people on your project team uh, represent those users, then you probably want to make sure you do your due diligence and spend double the time during the user research phase, making sure that you get as many perspectives um, from the people that you're going to be designing for in as possible, um, and you don't make any assumptions that are ill-advised. I think across all of those, um, the one thing that is constant uh, is that you need to have empathy. I think that empathy is, is the single most important thing for a designer to have in the, in the design process and to make sure that they keep at the forefront. Um, as designers, a lot of times we like to fall into these habits of being ideas people, like we're the ones that know everything and, and we come and bring design to people. But I think that it couldn't be further from the truth. I think that as designers, we're in service of the people that we're designing for. And that also means that the people we're designing for are the subject matter experts on their own experience and the way that they interact and exist in the world. And so we have to learn from them as much as we create for them. When we think about empathy, a lot of times we fall into a pattern of instead um, giving sympathy. Um, and the difference there being one, like looking at someone and only looking at the things that they don't have, that, that maybe you have, and seeing them as deficits. Whereas empathy, really like understanding and doing your best to um, emulate and live someone else's experience also involves understanding what works really well for them. Um, and, I, and I think that that's something that we miss a lot, um, especially when we, um, we don't do enough to learn about our, our users, is that just because someone may be lacking something doesn't mean that they're not also um, really proficient in, in something else after maybe 20 years of, of doing things the way that they've been doing things. A really good example of this and something that um, I think has shaped a lot of the way that I think about design was when I was first um, learning about design process um, through a course that was taught and sponsored by Microsoft on their inclusive design process. We were working on a project that was initially supposed to be um, a tool to help people who are deaf and hard of hearing to navigate using like GPS type directions. And what we found out along the way is that actually um, people who are deaf and hard of hearing have um, a ton of modes of communication that a lot of us as uh, verbal communicators don't have. Um, and there's a much higher dimension and quality of, of storytelling in the way that they're able to build space and, and temporally um, give, uh, give direction. And so we flipped the script. We said, well, actually, in a lot of cases, people who um, sign 
are able to communicate better than people who are only able to communicate through through voice. And what we ended up creating was instead an app for everyone, particularly everyone else, inspired by uh, gestures uh, and different sorts of um, user interactions um, that we saw in people who, who sign. If we look at engineering and we look at design, um, in a lot of cases, they are complementary. Um, you'll find both of them in an organization handing off work to each other. And that was something that I encountered firsthand um, when, uh, while I was still in school, I, I did an internship at HP working on printers. And I came on as a mechanical engineering intern uh, working on R&D for experimental printers. And at the same time, we were handing off work to um, a user experience design team that I eventually ended up doing half time with um, during my summer there. And it was funny because without going into specifics, it always felt like the case that the engineers were saying like, oh, the designers are so difficult to work with because they don't understand feasibility of this or logistics of that and what is actually possible through our materials. And the designers, when I would talk to them, they'd say, the same exact thing about the engineers. They would say, oh, it's very difficult to work with engineers because they don't understand usability or what people are actually going to be able to um, understand or want to use, um, and they only think about function. Being in the middle of those two, um, I think, one, I realized the, the importance of communication, definitely, but two, that even when solving the exact same problems, um, we can have mismatches in communication because our skill sets are different. And I think that if you look at engineering and design, they're not only complementary, I think that they're two sides of the same coin trying to solve the same problems. Engineering and design are not only um, nice to work together, they're almost the, the same thing. And, and I think that the more that we are able to collaborate between the two, um, the better that one understands the other. And we're already starting to see that between um, designers learning more about technology and people from technology using learning more about the value of um, UX uh, and, and the like. If you're an engineer who's interested in getting involved with design or a designer who wants to get involved with engineering or, or a more technical project, I would say that the, the best thing that you can do is to just work on a lot of projects um, I, I think especially when you're in school, you're at this amazing opportunity to be amongst people who are all doing very different things. And that's awesome. That's something that you might not always have uh, in, in the future unless you, you seek it out intentionally. Outside of class, outside of what you're being asked to do for your assignments, come up with projects that you're interested in and, and investigate them, whether it's just like ideas for a prototype um, or you're talking with a friend about something that would be really cool, and you say, okay, let's let's make this. Let's let's make this real. I, I think that collaborative projects with people who come from outside of your own experience are super, super valuable, not only for your own personal learning um, and so that you can learn about what other people are doing, but also um, for your own portfolio. Your portfolio is is one of the most valuable things that you can do to show people that, you know, even though I am technically uh, an engineer, I also know a lot about de design. Or even though I am a designer, you can see that I do a lot of projects um, that involve technology. 
when you think about, you know, the imposter syndrome that that comes with um, jumping out of what you normally do into a different space, um, I, I definitely felt the same way. Um, and it, it didn't end when I got my first design job out of college either. If you're a designer who wants to be treated seriously as someone who can do um, technical work, or if you're an engineer um, by trade, but you want to be taken seriously as a designer, I think that you have to believe that you can be. And you know, to back that up, you have to do the the work to deserve it. I would say definitely don't be discouraged about maybe like, oh, I didn't study this in school or um, I don't have as much experience as someone else. Just believe that you're you're worth it and then do the work to, to deserve it. Thanks for joining us. We hope you tune in again for our future episodes. We would like to thank our sponsor, NYU Tandon's Department of Technology Management and Innovation. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at NYU Makerspace. 